Summer conditioning is here. I didn't want to leave anything out. So in this podcast, we're going to move through speed and agility, a five-week training program you can use today. Then we're going to move into some tips that you can do for young athletes in body weight training. Then we're going to move on to your middle school, and then we're going to hit your high school. We've got the entire weight training program that you can use with these athletes. And then we're going to wrap up with just a little bit of advice that parents and kids can have to make things a lot funner as well. So priority number one for all of you kids out there that are getting out of school and you're getting ready to start your summer conditioning. We got a little gap between weights, but we're, we're going to give you some recommendations on weights as well later in the show. But first, we're going to start with our speed, agility, and core training. And I've put together a performance series here that's going to be a five-week program that anybody can use. Whether you got a set of K-bands or not, it doesn't really matter. You're going to get more benefits, more muscle activation with the K-bands. But if you don't have them, go through this program just the same. And we're going to start with test outs. Uh, and maybe you can kind of tell them a little bit about what the three test outs are going to be. Well, we're going to do the 5-10-5. And then we're going to move to the three-cone drill and the 40-yard dash. You can see it up there. And you're going to put, uh, with with each of these now, you're going to do your pre-test, post-test. So make sure you write these down on the sheet provided. So then in five weeks, you'll be able to write down your and see your decreases in time. But don't forget to look up the measurements and things. I've got a ton of YouTube videos. And if you download this series, you'll have the videos as well. But the measurements are going to be important. You don't want to be off on those. Your times are going to be wrong, obviously, at the test out at the end. But the 5105 uh generically it's pretty simple. You got three cones about 5 yards apart. You start in the middle, you move to the right or the left first. It doesn't really matter. Touch the cone, run all the way to the farthest cone, and then the clock will stop when they run through that middle cone. Three cone drill on the other hand is going to be three cones in an L. This is used in uh NFL combines and different things to test your ability to have a little bit of circular speed and change direction in an L format. Watch that video to get some specific tips on the setup and also a little bit of tips on movements and how to stay small around those edges. 40 yard dash is just as it sounds, probably the easiest way for most people to do this is do this on a track because you're gonna be able to see it a lot easier or some of those, uh, I think what every school seems to almost have a football field that you can have access to. Most now. of them, and they're pretty nice facilities. Yeah, most. what is everything's like turf now, right? Oh, it is, it, yeah. Now. I'd like to uh, videotape that if it's possible so that you can sort of see not only the speed, but the technique. Are we so if we test out, are we getting better? Yeah, that's a I've, I kind of gave this tip a couple weeks ago. It's really cool if you pick a place out to film from and make it the exact same spot as you would do in your post test. And what's cool about that is you can actually overlay the videos. Yeah. So if you find yourself, get you a tripod and you want to do the five ten five, uh, measure out how far you want to put your tripod so that when you measure it, it'll be the exact same on the post test. Doesn't really matter about weather. Doesn't really matter about lighting conditions, anything like that. But if you film them from the exact same distances, the kids really like to see their progression in running form as they move through the program. You'll be able to lay them on top of one another, pull the opacity down a little bit. I'm pretty sure you can do it in a simple program like iMovie on your phone, or you can use some other kind of a post-editing software. But that's a pretty easy concept. Look on YouTube, well, you'll find gonna, out how to do it. You're also going to get an opportunity for them to maybe analyze themselves and ask them questions. What do you think about your form? Absolutely. Hopefully they'll bring it up. Yeah, as, as we move through those five weeks, I'm going to be giving you so many tips on the running forms and how to do specific agility drills. I think you'll evolve really quickly uh, as your running form continues to progress, if you know what I mean. Well, the nice thing about this program is not only are you going to get it on paper, but you're also going to get it on the video. So you're going to see what to do. You're going to get a sample of how this is done so that you can try to imitate that. Sure, sure. Now let's push forward a little bit. I want to kind of get into some of the exercises. I don't want to make this video too long for you, but we are going to move through some of the segments. As always, you should always be completing a warm up and stretch when you're doing these things. I think with the young athletes, we want to we want to build a, a habit. So we want to get them started with a, a good dynamic warm up, so that no matter what level they they're at later on in life, they know that's the first thing I got to do. Yeah, it's it's good for getting the body loose and getting your mind right, ready to perform at a high level. But you're going to be doing that as you get older, so it's just a good habit to get into. Take yourself about five ten minutes. Uh, there's a video here that you can kind of roll through with that program. 
get a good idea of some exercises after two or three weeks. If it's getting a little boring, move on to some other exercises. It's not overly important that you're just doing exactly this, but it is a good little warm up series here and it'll get your body loose from head to toe. Now, if you look here at the calendar, I've got it pulled up here. This is what you're going to be doing on each and every day and the foot speed and lateral quickness. Let's take a look at that here. So these exercises are going to be super ballistic movements and some jumping style. Whenever you're organizing your workouts here, we're going to be doing jumping or plyometric style high impact exercises early in the workout. And when we do that, that's when that's the order it should be in. You don't want to do your weights right before your speed training. You're not going to get the, the right results. We want to do ballistic plyometric style movements early in the workout. So you're going to be doing this workout series, write it down, take that calendar with you. And we've actually got a whole breakdown here in this that'll show you the exact workouts that you can do. Download the sheet and take a look at them, but it's each and every exercise, the full reps and the sets. So the video you were just watching is foot speed and lateral quickness. As you can see there, you've got the split jumps and the speed squats. We've got two sets with 60 second breaks, 30 seconds per exercise. That'll be a super set. You'll go back and forth, a little bit of rest in between as it says, and then you'll see the rest of the workout listed below. So you want to follow that on this sheet. You check your calendar. It's pretty simple. You see exactly what you're going to be doing. You can then also print out this uh, workout, you know, catalog, basically take that with you to the field, take it with you in the backyard. After you've reviewed the videos, you're going to know exactly what they look like. You've got training tips, and then you'll see here the workout breakdowns that you can take with you to the park to make it real easy. Well, I think this is a plan and that's what's you've done is we designed that. So it's important to follow it and not skip anything. Yeah, it's it's five weeks. So if you start this thing out June 1st or June 15th, it'll, it'll take you out about five weeks and you'll be done in plenty of time before any of your, your summer workouts begin with your team. So stick to the program, follow the reps and sets, and I think you're going to get some pretty great results. If you're going to go on vacation, you can still do this. You've got everything written down. You know what to do. So you just take a few minutes and get another workout in. Now, keep in mind that if you have done some of these exercises before and you read the catalog, you're going to see that those exercise names you might think that you know. But I give reps and set tips as well as like complete form breakdowns for how much you should be trying to get your knee up, the way you should take turns around a cone. It's very detailed. So be sure that you review the video several times before you get into the workouts, because I think you're really going to appreciate the tips that are, are laid out throughout the program. Do you think everybody should follow the same sets and reps, or should we be modifying that based on Yeah, you, you make age? a good point. I, I think that uh, anybody can modify, and the recommendation that I've given for years for this program is just cut things in half. If you see as you see your kid getting a little bit too slow, a little sluggish form begins to fade, bring down the times in half, you know, say it's a 30 second set. Let's bring them to 15. Let them work on that for two or three weeks before you kick it up to the full time durations. If there's any sets at which that are like four to six sets, bring them down to three sets. Some of that extra rest period and less work in between is going to be able to get a younger kid to get through that. But just as another side note, if you do have a set of K-bands, be sure that you're using the right level of resistance. If you're going to be doing exercises like the wall drill or range of motion style exercises where you really need to get your knee up, using too much resistance is not going to be beneficial. You want to make sure that you've got full range of motion through the entire movement and then progressively add some resistance. So say after week two, you've been in the orange bands and you want to try out the green for a workout, you put them on, it'll take it up a notch for sure. I mean, the bands are definitely going to roast your legs as you move up in resistance. So progressively add resistance just as you would in weights. Um, but you want to take your time with that. Don't get uh, overzealous. And, uh, well, more, more is not always better. And then there are going to be some days where, you know what, I, I don't have that my A game today. Maybe you go back to a lighter set of bands. That's why there's four in each kit. Absolutely. So you'll be moving through your speed, agility, and then your core work. That's all going to be part of the program, as you can see on the calendar. That calendar is going to walk you through each one of those. So follow that and uh, we'll dive into the next segment here. So if you're moving through the five week program, you're doing your speed and agility work, the thing that you wanna start working with is a little bit of strength training. 
We're going to break this into two segments. This one, we're going to be talking about youth athletics kind of before they're really in the weight room or they're kind of just getting into it. And then in the next segment, we'll talk a little bit about a full weight training uh, recommendations on what they should be doing and tips for parents to watch out for. But here in this exercise, I think it'd be really important to mention body weight and how important it is for younger athletes. I think everyone seems to get in the weight room so fast that they kind of forget that calisthenics can go an awful long ways for an athlete that's maybe 7, 8, 5, 12. Can you do a push-up? Can you do a pull-up? Can you do hamstring curls with a, a friend? Can you do anything with resistance bands? Those are going to be some things to evaluate and some workouts to want to develop rather than trying to force these kids quick into the weight room. Well, there's really no need to dump them into the weights, and let's get them prepared first. I mean, if you can't do a push-up, then you shouldn't be using a dumbbell. So push-ups is a, I would agree, but the one thing that weight training can get you, imagine if you can't do a pull-up, you could do a lat pull-down, right? You can get right. on a lat pull-down machine. But there's a lot of other unique things you can do to utilize a pull-up, right? Uh, for the pull-up specifically, rather than just jumping into the weight room, having to start going to a gym, the problem with the gym is you're always going to compare yourself to older, stronger athletes. And one of the things that bothers me the most is when you're doing those squats and bench press, type of exercises, huge compound movements as a really young kid, they want to lift the most amount of weight because all their peers are better than them. So as soon as you open that door for a nine-year-old, 10-year-old that really wants to perform at their best, they're getting in towards middle school around that 13 age. Isn't that about what middle school is? Uh, uh, yeah, because they're going to hit ninth grade and then they're going to kind of be dumped in with the juniors and seniors. And if right. they're not ready for that. Yeah. So before yeah. that level, I would just highly recommend that You've got to broaden your horizons on what calisthenics and body weight movements mean in 2022. If you couldn't do a pull-up seven years ago, you probably would have never, ever thought to put a resistance band around your knee while you're doing a pull-up. But you can do that now. There's products that are readily available for you to easily hook a resistance band around a pull-up bar, bring it down around a kid's foot or around their knee, and then they will easily be able to do a pull-up. But so, instead of doing that, now they're not going to be on a lat pull-down machine already kind of taking the body out of the equation. Well, you're not always going to have access to that. You're not always going to be at the gym. And I think maybe the misconception is body weight. Body weight can mean a lot of things. I think what we're saying is various exercises without weights. Sure, sure. And, and I don't know that... Uh, I'm confident that any kid could utilize resistance bands for generic movements. But if I was to give the very specific outlook on what, say, a middle schooler could do, and I'll relate it to myself. When I was younger, my parents both had to go to work. And when I was old enough to stay at home, I didn't have to go to, you know, I didn't have to go to preschool anymore. I didn't have to go to daycare. I didn't have to go anywhere. I could stay at home, right? Well, in that world, I was out throwing baseballs into a net over and over and over and over and over. And that was all I did. And then when I decided that I want to start building some strength, all I did was do push-ups and silly things that uh, I'm not saying push-ups are silly, but all I was doing was very generic things because I didn't have any idea what I was doing. So to be specific, be very easy to get a full body workout for a kid like myself that is that age that's sitting at home, their parents go off to work, they can't drive to a gym, they can't access a gym, they're not going to be weight training, maybe their parents haven't bought any type of equipment, right? There's an awful lot of people that don't have a full gym listed in their basement. So what these kids can do is easily push-ups, pull-ups, some type of a lunge in a split position is going to be far more beneficial than a body squat at that age. Things that are moving laterally, resistance laterally off a wall, big exercises to be completing. And quite frankly, they could be doing the exact same exercises three to four times a week because you don't really need a ton of variety because they're going to be needing to practice the movements so much. I mean, my first push-up was actually comical. Elbows <laughs> way flared, way up high, could barely get up. But there's modifications for all those things, and I think we should get into each one of them. Well, you you need to make sure that they have proper technique because right. you don't want that that right. messy push-up. Exactly. So if you're getting into we'll start with push-ups, and we'll kind of work our way through the big muscle groups. If you're going to be doing push-ups and you're a young kid, 
the easiest thing to do is make sure that your elbows aren't flaring too high. You tuck the elbows and roll the shoulders slightly down. If you load your scap a little bit, you're probably going to have a pretty safe push-up no matter what. So roll your shoulders back, set your elbows down, and you'll push from that position. There's many angles that you could be doing. There's many things you can do. But if you wanted one specific one that's going to keep everyone's shoulders safe and kind of teach some good fundamentals for exercises they'll be doing later in life, that's going to be the position. Now, most people, when they get in that position, cannot do a push-up. And that's where I would highly recommend doing some sorts of assistance. You can either go the assistance route or use your stairs. Any kid can walk up three stairs, and I don't mean physically. I mean lean over a set of stairs, grab the edge of the staircase, roll your shoulders down, and do push-ups at that angle. I don't. I couldn't imagine any kid that could not complete a push-up based on a set of stairs. You know, I like that a lot better than maybe just being on the knees. That part sure. is okay. But even knees, is, it's, it it's can better. still be harder yes. than the stairs. Stairs would be step one, right? Right. So you walk over, you utilize a set of steps, you do sets of 10 to 15. If you can do more than that, then walk down a stair, bring your hands down one step, move your feet farther back. Instantly, you've increased the resistance level, right? And do that until you can do a flat push-up of at least 8 to 10 reps. If you can't do a flat push-up with your elbows tucked like that, 8 to 10 reps, you might as well lighten the load and get some more repetitions in. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, total sense. You know, some of the parents may not like me, but you should get down there and do it with them. Motivate them. Well, I mean, yeah, working out with your kids can be pretty motivating, and then you can help them along the way. There's not all the time that you're going to have a strength and conditioning coach with a 10-year-old. But if they see you doing it and they understand the movements and, and the parents have taken the time to actually understand them as well, everybody can kind of help everybody, and it's not just relying on some youth coaches that may not be a coach. Does that make sense? Well, and you're going to need to find a way to motivate them. If you're, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to say, hey, you need to drop 50 – um, I want them to maybe think, oh, dad's going to beat me if I don't do this. Cause it's not easy to get motivated. Yeah, you to mean, do push-ups. you mean be able to do 50 pushups, not beat them. Is that what you mean? <laughs> 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 We're not beating kids here. No, but, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, if, if parents can be a little fun and kind of go back and forth, that's obviously going to motivate them. Uh, but for sure. For sure. So maybe then you can sit down and say, okay, here was, here was the plan. This is a great program what we accomplish, and then get involved with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the more you're involved, the more motivated they'll be. But let's stay on task a little bit here. So that would be your push-up format, exercise one. We don't need many at this age group doing that. The next exercise would be some sort of a pull-up. Now, most people can't do a pull-up, so you will need a ballistic band. What a ballistic band is is a 41-inch loop band, and you can get them at different diameters. And what they'll do is they'll allow you to be able to do a pull-up no matter what size you are. If it's a youth athlete, you're not going to need much resistance. Probably our black, purple, or green band is all you're going to need. Loop it around their knee, and they can do pull-ups all day long with that assistance. But the key is, once again, to start learning the repetitions in the right way. If you're trying to go for max reps and you find that you're – the thing I like about max reps on body weight is you can figure out how to get better at them. Mm -hmm. Not only is it strength, but you figure out how to leverage your body. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. If you're doing a pull-up and you've ever seen someone that's never done it before, it's like their body's a stiff board and they're just kind of pulling up and it's a lot of forearm going on. It's a lot of bicep. And you see someone that can really, really do a lot of pull-ups that just kind of make you mad. You're like, how do you do that? So, you know what I mean? As I've grown up, there's been a lot of people that can really leverage their body in an amazing fashion. And then you watch them do a pull-up. They've got a big chest. They've rolled their arms back. They're utilizing their back. They're pulling not completely straight vertical. They've got this huge, wide open chest going on, and they're utilizing big muscle groups. But doing body weight exercises will teach you that. Rather than going to a lat pull-down machine, pulling a pin out, sticking it in, doing this, turning off the low, whole lower half of your body, not utilizing any core stability whatsoever, it just doesn't teach the same thing. Does that you, make sense? Yes, and I think then you're going to learn that, wow, when I can accomplish that, now I can sort of transform that into my sports-specific Sure, yeah. Everything in sports is how well can you control your body. That's what it's all about, agility. 
How fast can I change direction and accelerate? Linear sprints, a little bit different. Core strength, all those things are involved in every single sport other than running exactly straight. You know what I mean? If you're running exactly straight, it may not be imperative that you can control your body from side to side. I would argue that a sprinter will run faster if they can, but in essence, it's tying it all together and making your body perform at an optimal level that's really going to make you better at your sport. So let's move forward. So we've got a, a big chest exercise. That's your modifications all the way to ground zero. We've got a pull-up. That's your modifications all the way to ground zero. And I'm going to get to the reps and sets, and it's going to be really simple for this age, okay? As you move down the body, I would definitely, definitely recommend lunges. It's pretty generic, pretty easy. Most kids can do them. But if you set up some kind of a length, we want to walk. I want you to walk and do lunges. You'll walk forward, take a big step, take a big step, move on down and work on getting in your hips, not in your knees. And what I mean by that is most kids will always take a short step. Those steps will be really short and their knee will sit kind of funny and they're not really developing their hips. The hips are what's going to be the major component of what they will lose when they hit their growth spurt. As soon as their hips go, their balance goes all wonky. So we want to try to attack that as fast as possible. So by doing walking lunges, you can put some dumbbells in your hands if you have some simple weights. But overall, you just want to be holding a little bit of weight as you move forward if you can hold good form. That would be your progression, right? Body weight lunges, that's just fine. Walk a distance of 20 to 30 feet, turn around, walk them back. If it's too easy, put some weight in your hands. Pretty easy, right? How far out do you think that, or what do you teach as far as your extension when you're doing a lunge? Most things, uh, do you mean in the, the lunge specifically the lunge or the specifically distance? Each individual lunge. When you're going out, how far out do you Yeah, so suggest? if you're doing a, a walking lunge, you just want, don't want to be too short. You want to stretch the hips. So when you step out, it should be a pretty lengthy step. And then when you lunge, the knee's not super important, whether it goes over the toe or stays behind. Not overly worried about that. But if you leave your legs too narrow, you'll find that when you lunge down, it's basically more of a knee exercise and you want to use the lunge for the hips. So stride out a little bit farther than normal and try to drive your pelvis to the floor. It's going to get a huge hip flexor stretch. And then as you move forward, you've got to engage all those muscles to go forward in the front leg. Does that make sense? It does. Now, is that then going to help me when I'm running so that for my stride length? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're doing walking lunges and you're really getting extended out, that back hip flexor has got to work to make sure that, you know, your body doesn't collapse, right? right. And then as you drive up, those are going to be your glute muscles and your drivers off the ground. They're all related, but this isn't exactly a speed exercise per se, but just a general strength training exercise that should be used for youth kids. Do you like to do things backwards too? Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. If, if you're getting a little, uh, you know, bored with the workout, as I said, we're walking through kind of like a five exercise, six exercise set here. You know, if you get a little bored, you can modify any of these things. Do reverse lunges one day. Next I've, day, you'll be going I've forward. I found that when I have them do that, it kind of gives them a little bit of a mental break. Ooh, wait a minute here. And, I, you know, they find it's a lot harder than what they think. Sure. And lastly, one of the last extra, or there'll be two exercises. I would do some format of like a hamstring curl. If you can sit your feet underneath, it's the Nordic curl or the manual resisted curl. So get your kids downstairs or kids, if you're listening, what you're going to do is you're going to find a, a squat bench, uh, a sofa, something that you can slide your feet under to hold your body weight. And you'll be bending over with a straight back. I'll drop in a little bit of footage in the show and you'll be able to see it live, but you're going to be looking up on YouTube, manual resisted hamstring curls, Nordic curls. You're going to find a ton of information, uh, on very specifically on how to do them and some modifications. But I would say if you cannot do one of those on your own with good form, just flip over on your back, bridge your feet up, and find a stability ball. It's basically a very similar, similar motion, similar muscle groups, but way easier. Roll a stability ball underneath your feet, bridge your butt up, and then you're going to walk your feet in and out. Really, really really simple. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you know, that's part of the key of making sure that you're watching them, making sure that, you know, you say, Hey, if we can't quite do this, there's always something that you can modify and we'll work our way back up to it. Yeah. So Nordic cur curls, if you can't do those then you move to the stability ball curls. And then the final exercise that I would do 
is you're going to need a dip bar or uh, the pull-up bar that you've put up in your home. We're talking minimal expense here for a home gym for that age athlete. Two different types of ab exercises, but again, it's all about teaching body control and bringing everything in um, rather than just doing like crunches and things. The core exercise I want you to do is sit up on a dip bar and you're going to bring your load into your shoulders. And what I mean by that is if you sit on a dip bar and you stay relaxed, basically your shoulders will rise, everything will rise, and you're not really training anything, okay? Your body weight is overdoing it, everything's stretching. It's not a stretch, okay? So what I want you to do is you get on a dip bar and I want you to load everything. So you'll actually drive through your chest and you're gonna hold your weight in your body and everything's gonna be tight. If someone tried to push you, you wouldn't move at all. Does that make sense? As soon as you load everything up, you'll feel some tension in your shoulders, you'll feel some tension in your chest, and you'll almost be slightly tipped forward, okay? And at that point, when you start raising your knees up, now you have a an insane activation of your entire core. This isn't rocket science, a lot of people do this. I'm just trying to tell you that rather than putting a kid down flipping around doing some crunches on a ball, pretending they're doing something. This is full engagement in a sports-specific way. We've loaded our entire body. Now our body is under load. You raise your knees up. We're training hip flexors, quads, and you can't help but get burning abs. And if your hip flexors and quads burn too much, they're just weak. Keep doing them. Every single time you do them, they're going to get stronger, and you're going to be able to move that muscle fatigue more into your abs as those other muscle groups get get stronger that's so much more of an engagement of your core you can also add other body parts to that so yeah man just doing crunches just doesn't yeah it doesn't excite me yeah it's not it's it's not really going to get a whole lot done but that that specific workout so just take it for what it is that's a full body workout for anyone from 7 to 12 or 13 years old Keep them out of the weight room. Don't get them too crazy. Make sure that they can bang out a whole bunch of reps. What's your max push-up, Jim? How many can he do? If he can do four, see if you can get him to get to 10. So what I would suggest, super simple, okay? Once every two or three weeks, one of those workouts on each one of those exercises, it's going to be max for each one. Give them about five minutes in between. So you'll do your push-up set. We're going to go from the flat ground. How many can you do? If they can, after a slight warm up, give them a couple, right? You don't want to just, no, no max out should ever just be done without warming up. Let them do five, six, seven push ups on the stairs. Give them a break. Five, six, seven push ups. Okay, now we're ready to max out. Say they get to 12. Now you know that that's what we're working with. Their max is going to be 12. So our working sets, cut them down by 75%, and then that's where you'll be. Simple as that. So let's make it easy. If they did 10 reps, then you want to have them do seven or eight reps on their following days. And you're going to do about 70 to 75% of their max on each one of those exercises and just do three to four sets and do it like a circuit. It's all you got to do. Keep what it you- real simple for these kids and then get a lot stronger and develop a whole lot more body control than they're going to going and moving pins on weight machines. I like to do an alternate of that, too, and maybe see how many you can do in 15 seconds. So sure. that's one time we'll do just max reps. Yeah, Next like a ballistic-style workout right. where they're moving really quick. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it, there's there's access to all that those kind of modifications. You can make them more explosive. You can do slow reps where every rep you're trying to move as slow as physically possible. You know, you can do everything quick and ballistic, like you're saying. There's a lot of modifications. But if you stick to those five or six exercises, I'm not sure exactly what we went over, but you can get an awful lot of results out of doing that. Does that make sense? And now you can challenge them and you can get them excited about it. You know that, hey, this is five exercises. Let's get in. Let's get them done. And you can go have some fun. Absolutely. Okay, so if you're into your summer conditioning and you're getting into high school or you already are in high school, you've been weight training a while. This is a little bit more of an advanced program, but I wrote this um, a while back to give you a variety of exercises for a full body weight training split. Monday, you're going to be doing chest and tries. We're going to walk through each of these exercises right now so that you know what to do. So if you're in that off-season summer conditioning phase, This is going to be heavy, heavy strength training style. We're going to be getting a lot of work in. And then as it kind of tapers in towards the end of the summer, 
you're going to be ready for your season to begin if you're a football player or you're probably going to start workouts for some of those winter teams as well. The first exercise is going to be chest and triceps is going to be your Monday. So every Monday for the next couple of weeks, you can do this program for, you know, anywhere between four to six weeks, I would say, uh, would be pretty great. Eight weeks would be best. So you better get started now before your school kind of gets a little bit closer or your summer workouts begin. But exercise one is going to be the bar bench. We're doing five sets. Reps are going to be 15, 12, 12, 8, 8. And if you don't really know what weight to use, you're probably going to have to do some format of a one rep max. If you're in high school, I'm assuming your coach has already done that. You've been in the classes, right? I mean, I don't know any high schooler that's not playing on a team that isn't doesn't know basically what their one rep max is, right? It could be some incoming freshman might not be aware of it, but for the most part, you've already been in there and you sh- assuming you've done some test outs, assuming that you're doing stuff during the school year too. Right. So uh, we're assuming that you've been doing some weight training. If not, this program may be a little bit too advanced for you. But generally, the what I like to recommend, if you're a little bit earlier in your weightlifting career, you really don't need to be training to the utmost reps to failure. And what I mean by that is when you see those rep ranges of 15, 12, 12, 8, 8, generally thinking if you were to fail at rep 15, you cannot do another rep. I would say... If you are later on in high school, a senior, and you're looking at that number, let's say that you can do 100 pounds, 15 repetitions, and you can't do one more rep, right? You got a 100-pound dumbbell in each hand, or we're doing barbells. So say you're doing 225, you get to 15, you need spotters from then on, you cannot do another rep. Then you need to lower the weight a little bit. I want you to be about one, probably more like two to three reps from failure is what we're going to be utilizing in this training window. So Feel the point at which you're, man, I could probably maybe get two more with a spotter. I'm going to stop there at that third rep from failure. And you're going to work on trying to get those weights specific to your 15, your 12, your 12, your 8, your 8. And if you've ever weight trained before, it seems a little odd. You don't really nail it at first. The first week, you're kind of trying to find your weight ranges. The next week, all of a sudden, you're kind of honing them in, and then you underestimate what you're capable of. And then by the third week, you're going to be pretty spot on with what weights you're using. Fourth week, you might be increasing because we're gaining some strength and so on and so forth. Does that make sense? Was that clear enough there? So you're saying that you want to, you want to work this so that you hit the five sets, not, whoa, I did great, but I only got to three. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we want all five sets, but what I'm suggesting is. When you're doing your sets, if you were to simply think of what weight would I pick to fail at 15 reps? What weight would I pick to fail at 12 reps? Okay. It's what I'm talking about is when you're picking your weight, you want to pick a weight where when you get to 15, you could maybe muscle out two or three more reps, but you would be cashed after that. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Okay. So it's, it's more specifically on what you're choosing for your weight. And the reason why I suggest that is because if you're a freshman in high school, I want that number to be bigger. I want you to be able to maybe get more like five to six repetitions still left in the tank. And I don't mean five to six as if like you could bang out five easy. I mean, you're going to need a spotter and it is a struggle and you're kind of surprised that you really kind of could get five more reps out of you. That's your goal. You're trying to find that. Younger kids, you don't need to be quite as close to your max out because you've got some of these, you know, new lifting, great, amazing (laughs) genes that you're going to be able to pound on muscle. So you're not going to need to tax your body the same way. But most high schoolers, let's just keep it a little bit of a gap. You don't have to be completely cashed after every set is what I'm saying. So what's your uh, rest time in between these sets? Uh, Let's see. Let me scan it real quick and see if it says anything. Generally, you just want to be able to perform the repetitions required. So if you've ever weight trained before, if I'm going from a 15, 12, I'm going to need at least 60 seconds off for myself. But generally you just want to be able to perform a great strong set and let that be a guide. I would venture to say anywhere between 60 seconds to two minutes off is probably where you'll be with most every exercise that would probably capture everybody. But if early in the workout, you're fresh and you do your 15 and you're pretty ready to get into your 12, then just get into it. You know what I mean? If you're in your first set of eight and you're like, man, I'm about there, you you know, give yourself another minute. You know, if your rest periods are moving up towards the five and six minutes, eh, you know, might be doing a little bit too much weight, 
to get yeah. those rep ranges. Uh, you, you'll see that in your rest period. But generally, I don't think this age group is going to have much problem doing this workout. Okay. So if you're if you find that you're needing five minutes, you need to make a change there. Yeah, probably a little bit less going. weight. A little right. bit less weight would have made you recover a little faster. Second okay. exercise is going to be cross cables. Okay, you're going to go four sets, five reps. These should be a little bit heavier. Okay, four sets of 15 reps. It looks like uh, got a little typo there. Sorry, folks. Need to put the one in there. We got four sets by 15 reps. You're going to be using a little bit of a, a medium based weight. Uh, to where you can really get to 15. And when you're seeing 15, that's saying a little less rest, keep the pace going. So if you've got a 15 repper, probably around 60 to 90 seconds max, get into the next set. And if you can't hold that pace, go ahead and lower the weight a little bit. Third exercise is incline machine. So you can either do this on a bench with dumbbells, or I really like those hammer strength uh, incline machines if you're in a gym. Big fan of those. So uh, jump on there. You perform seven sets of 12 reps. This also is very short breaks. It's kind of more of a pump feel. So we're not trying to put on as much weight as physically possible. In this specific training program, we are going to be using this as a, a pump or extreme hypertrophy style exercise. Fill in the top side of a chest, build some strength and power at that angle. So you're going to be doing... 30-second breaks here, seven sets at 12 reps, and that is pretty tough. Uh, I, I got into the sevens uh, a couple years ago. It just started like bicep curls. It was kind of a challenge. People call them sevens, and you do seven reps, seven reps, seven reps, and they're really 21s is what they were. But uh, anytime you got in that threshold that was up towards the seven, I, I always just found that the pump you would get was – Oh my gosh, I've never felt so much blood flow to my, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that the feeling of that, if you embrace it and you stick to those restorations with the weight a little bit lower, it's, it's pretty incredible the way you'll feel when you get out of there. So each one of these may have a different number of sets and reps. And so maybe explain a little bit about why you're doing it that way. I think a lot of people are four sets, four sets, four sets. Yeah, so generally, a lot of it has to do with what specifically we're trying to target. So if you're trying to build more muscle and lift heavier weights, that's where like in the bench press, you'll be taking longer breaks. If you're trying to kind of overload the chest, like that specific exercise is our last chest exercise. So if you're going to be doing the incline machine, we're trying to just cook it, right? We're not going to be working chest the rest of the week. So we're trying to really overload that muscle group in that way. So by using higher sets, higher reps, less rest, it's just kind of like a finisher move. It's almost like a drop set. Um, if you've done this method, you'll know like there's a big difference in trying to do four sets of six and then call it a day and getting an extreme pump after you've already done heavy sets. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. The next exercise is going to be the single arm palm up. So what that means is you're going to be doing basically a kickback. So it's a tricep extension motion. You pick up a dumbbell, bend over the side of a bench, and you'll be kicking back the weight. Try to keep your elbow locked towards your side, and uh, it'll just be like a 90-degree swing. You're going to be trying to bring them up straight lock the tricep out, get a good squeeze, control it on the way down. And you'll be doing uh, seven sets by 12 on that as well. We are going to roast everything as we get out of this workout. Plate extensions are next. Grab a plate, four sets of 12 reps. going to be over your head. Bring them up over your head, rocking your triceps. Now, Tuesday, we've got legs and core. Narrow Smith squats. If you're working out by yourself, the Smith machine can be pretty beneficial just because you don't exactly have to have a spotter. You can always roll that thing over if you get stuck towards the bottom. This is a pretty great exercise for, for that age group. Uh, I don't know that we need to be doing any crazy heavy squats. I didn't put them in there only because I feel like most of these kids probably are not going to be working out with a bunch of people. So you're not going to have a spotter. They may not be the best at back squats. So we're doing narrow smiths, five sets, 12 reps. Find you a nice weight where you're getting a little cash towards the uh, 12 reps. Next is going to be the leg press. Um, pretty easy here. Five sets, 15, 15, 10, 8, 8. When you get towards the eights, load up the weight a little bit. Uh, it's on a leg press machine. You don't need a spotter, so you might as well challenge yourself with the weight. Isolate next with the quad extensions, four sets of 12 reps. Pretty easy to do. Uh, moving on, straight leg deadlift. Now on these, we're going to be using a little bit lighter weight. We're not going to be overloading, as I said, 
too awful much on the straight leg deadlifts if you're more advanced and can do that. Uh, by all means, load up the weight and change those rep duration or those reps a little bit. But if you're the kid that I think is probably reading this, you know, a sophomore, junior, senior, trying to look for a little bit of workout on the side, this is going to be the rep ranges I would recommend. Five sets, 15 reps, 30 seconds of rest in between. So it's a light load, moving the weight pretty quickly, and you're going to be utilizing it not only for your hamstrings and your back, but a little bit of a cardiovascular towards the end of it. Now, if that's if that seems to be going too fast or too easy, you recommend increasing the weight? Yeah, generally by the 15th rep, you still want to be – you want to be reaching both thresholds as the sets progress. So by like the fourth set, by 15 reps, you should be starting to get really winded. Uh, you should be feeling a tremendous amount of burn in your hamstrings. That little 30-second uh, rest period you have there is not probably going to be getting you all the way back to where you would like to feel 100%. You're kind of muscling your way through that. And then last, we've got hamstring curls. Utilize the hamstring curl machine. You go in two sets by 20. Go nice and controlled. I would go a little bit slower. That's going to complement the straight leg deadlift. But remember, the way you're going to be feeling when you get done with the straight leg deadlift, a lot of exhaustion. You're probably going to be sweating profusely at this point because if you followed the rest durations, it is going to max you out. Your heart rate's going to be through the roof. You're going to be sweating. You're going to need a drink. Your arms are going to want to, or your hamstrings are going to be on fire. Your back's going to be fatigued. So this specific hamstring curl is two sets by 20. And what you're going to do is you're going to slow the weight down just a little bit and you're going to be getting all 20 repetitions. So find the weight that isn't going to kill you. You're already fatigued. You've already topped it. So utilize this as a little bit of an isolated exercise. We're going to bring it back to the hamstrings. Make sense? Oh, it does. I, I'm uh, My mind is going to what I'm going to feel like by the time I get to this point. That workout is not going to be much fun for the average Joe, but if you want to uh, perform at your best, you got to get them legs. Uh, you got to put in the work. All right. We are going to keep pushing through here with the Wednesday back and buys. 5 by 12 dumbbell reverse fly. You're going to be bending over. You'll be doing a reverse fly. Great for the back. You can sit on a bench if you want uh, a little bit more of an isolated movement. I would suggest standing up only because you want to kind of turn on those muscles. You want to utilize the core a little bit. If you sit down, you can bend over a little bit farther. It's a common exercise for bodybuilding and those types of exercise, you know, those movements. But I'd like to see you stand up and bend over at the waist a little bit. Um, and then there's also some machines that you may have options of. There are fly machines you can spin around backwards. But again, I don't think that those, uh, I would suggest utilizing the dumbbells for the reverse flies. If you're an athlete, you want to be able to move weight, balance, and control yourself. So the more we use dumbbells, less machines, at this younger age, it's probably going to be a little bit more beneficial. We're not just trying to be a bodybuilder and throw on muscle mass. We're really trying to be a better athlete. And make sure that you get a weight that you can control because this is a little, it's a serious exercise here. Right. And earlier in the podcast, we went over pull-ups. Now here I've got lat pull-downs and I would say this wholeheartedly. If you can't do 20 pull-ups, you should supplement the lat pull-down for pull-ups. The way I utilize a lat pull-down machine is you use that thing when you can't do a pull, when you're already doing too many pull-ups, when mm -hmm. I get up to a pull-up bar, I can do 30, 40 pull-ups. I use a lat pull-down machine so that I can overload my body. Does that make uh, sense? Yeah. So yeah. if you can't do 10, 15 pull-ups, you should be utilizing the pull-ups in place of the lat pull-down. That's my only suggestion. But if you want to just stick to the weights and you want to stick, you know, that option is there, but that, that's just my recommendation. You're going 20, 15, 15, 8, 8. This is going to be heavy, big time for the lat pull-down machine. So load up the weight, challenge yourself. Those first two sets are going to be a little bit lighter. And then on the third, challenge yourself on that 15. Start getting a little bit closer to failure with the weight you're selecting. And then the two eights are going to be heavy. And you're going to have to get a feel for what weight to increase, whether 5, 10, 15. That's a lot of weight by the time you get to those eights. Yeah, yeah. So so weightlifting from week to week, whenever you're doing a program, you really kind of want to get familiar with weights if you're not. If you don't know what weight that you can do 20 lat pull-down machines, I would bet anybody that is familiar with weights, and me included, and if you wanted, if I wanted, if you bet me a hundred bucks to pick how much weight that I could do with 20 reps on, I'd probably get it within two pounds. So I think as you get more familiar with what your rep ranges and the amount of weight that you can handle in machines, th these are really going to be a lot clearer to you, but don't let it overwhelm you in the first 
week or two, if you're not familiar with the exercises, you're probably going to jump up in the amount of weight that you're actually able to do rather quickly just because you're learning the exercises as well. But when you get more familiar, you're going to be able to pick that weight out pretty good. So just stick with it. Go through the program. After week five, six, you might find yourself right where you want to be. Now, when I get to this point, am I, you know, because I may be thinking, all right, I got look at the things I got to do after this. How much do I really want to put on there? Or do I want to just gas it every time? Well, you want to push yourself. Every set should be trying to get towards that two to three rep till failure is about where you want to be. So when you're choosing the weight, you can choose too much to where it'll overtax you. But remember, my recommendation is find the weight that generally when you get to 15, you could maybe muscle out three more, but it would cash you. It, you would be toast. Does that make sense? So I got to get I got to think of that three gotta, rep, three rep. Yeah, you know, right around in that, that category. Yeah, right in that category where like I could probably do three, but I'm going to stop. Take the restoration, move to the next one. But also keep in mind the design of this exercise program. We're moving from muscle group to muscle group. Mm -hmm. So you're going to want to push yourself when you get to each segment because we're not going to be working the exact muscle on the next exercise. And you only get so many. We're only doing about five to six exercises per workout. So don't just take the time off on your lats and then you may not hit your lats again for a week. So you got to push yourself. Number four is going to be straight arm splits. What you're going to be doing there is you're going to grab a resistance band. This is, oh, I've skipped it. Sorry, guys. Lat raises will be next. Four by 12. Uh, these are pretty great. You just want to make sure you load your scat first. Similar to those push-ups we explained earlier in the show. Roll your shoulders back, load your scat down, and then you'll have the dumbbells in front of you. Raise them up to about shoulder height, and then that's where you're going to want to do the exercise. If you're a little bit more advanced, don't let your hands come close together. Keep them outside of your hips and just do it from that position. It's a way harder exercise, um, but it's a little bit advanced for probably this age. You know, if you get just that slight movement in front of your hip and then go up, I tell you, you'll probably do like 15 more pounds. It's, <laughs> it's, it makes it a lot easier. So utilize each of those variations in there and then move on to the straight arm splits. That is a resistance band exercise. You'll grab a ballistic band. You'll probably be using a, a black or a purple band. Wrap it around your hand, wrap it around your hand in a straight arm split, or my definition of a straight arm split, is you should have your hands at about shoulder width apart holding a resistance band, and you should have tension. You can't have the band so tight that you can't pull it anywhere, right? You've got to have a little bit of uh, elasticity to that band. That's why I recommended those color bands. And then when you split them, you're going to squeeze your shoulder blades together as much as you can. And then you'll work that exercise kind of right in that window, right out in front, out to the side. And it's kind of more of a pulse exercise. It's nice and quick, a lot of blood flow. And you're going to... Am I locking out my elbows here? Yep. Or, okay. Yep. You'll keep your arms straight and locked. And then you're, you'll go back just into the point where your shoulder blades get a real good pinch. Another key to that exercise, I see it all the time, is people will pull that band to their ears. And what I mean by that is it's a, such a slight movement. But when they come here, you see people shrug. As their shoulders burn, they keep shrugging. shrugging. Make it a little bit easier. That yeah, way. yeah. So when you're doing these, you want to go down. You almost want to load the scap at the bottom rather than up, up, up. Don't do that. Go down with the shoulder blade. So, you know, the motion, you don't see much, but it's a completely different activation. Everybody's got plenty of neck activation staring at phones <laughs> looking at the floor yeah, all those things your, so yeah. yeah we don't need more neck okay we need to work down a little bit and load the scaps how they're supposed to be fifth exercise is going to be straight arm or straight bar rows so you'll be bent over similar to our other day exercise you're going to be two sets of 20 so we're just going to kind of cash everything out bend over you'll be lifting that thing up 20 reps pretty easy any of these exercises, I mean, YouTube is such a powerful tool. Check out bodybuilders. Check out uh, some of our information as well. I mean, I think I've reviewed each of these exercises anyway. But if just type in the exact exercise it is on YouTube if you're at the gym and don't really know what it looks like. You'll find every one of these in two seconds on the Internet to know exactly how to do it. So be sure you – I'm sure you're going to be on your phone anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to be thinking, ah, two sets. By the time you get there and then you do 20 reps, you that's a good workout. Right, right, right. So, man, this is, a lot of, this is like a heck of a workout program we got going here. I'm getting tired. Uh, you're tired just reading it, huh? 
Thursday's all about your abs. Let your body have a little bit of a break. You're going hanging leg raises. You can do this in the two different ways. You know, we explained earlier that thing on a dip bar. You could do it that way where you're sitting on a dip bar, bringing your legs up. If you're a little bit more advanced, uh, you can also hang from a bar. So hang from a pull-up bar. Make sure it's tall enough to where you give your body enough room to move. Raise your knees up uh, four sets, 30 seconds. Try to get as many reps as you can. If you need to move them into static holds, because you can't quite get the reps anymore, that's also an option. So what that would mean is if you're holding up there, you've done seven, eight reps, oh my gosh, I'm toast. Do your best to hold your knees up for a minute and see if you can get a couple more seconds under the load because your goal is just 30 seconds with tension. And you're going up, down, up, down. You're not pausing yep. at the top. Right, right. Okay. Up, down, up, down. Next one is dumbbell ball crunches. What is this? Get you a big ball. There's physio balls everywhere. You lay on top of them. Get a dumbbell and put it on your chest. You feel really silly. You feel like you might fall off the ball. So be sure that it's uh, a thick ball. It's not one of the cheaper ones. It's, it's made for holding a load. You lay on your back and you want that weight kind of close to your neck. And what you'll do is you'll start crunching, but make sure that you don't have the weight and the load too far forward on the ball because there's nowhere to crunch. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? You want to make the fulcrum below the weight. So when you're laying on the ball, you should have the ball pressure kind of just below your shoulder blades and then the weight's high up in your chest. Now when you're crunching, you'll feel a nice burn in your abs. And what you're trying to do is overload it a little bit. You're trying to do six sets, heavy dumbbell to max. So... You know, I used to do these all, all the time, still do them occasionally here and there. Uh, well, you might grab a 70-pound dumbbell. You put it on your chest sideways, and I may only get 9 or 10 reps, and then I kind of can't really get all the way up with great form anymore. That's what the purpose of this exercise is. Lift some weight, right? Lift some heavy weight. Next one is going to be ball rollers. Anytime anybody has never done this exercise before, they're in for a rude awakening. <laughs> <laughs> the ball rollers is tough man you pull out a stability ball put your elbows on it get in a good posture get your body in a straight line and you want to roll your hips underneath you you know you see a lot of young athletes they'll be in a bridge position and they'll be slightly sagged or they'll just let their lower spine kind of sag just a smidge by their hips well you've turned off all of your abs if you've never done this before get in a push-up position or even in a plank if you're not quite strong enough and what you can do is you can roll your hips under, like a slight little hump motion. You roll your hips underneath you and then squeeze. And what you'll feel is your whole entire body is locked. And you're like, oh my gosh. And it's a huge ab movement. You can do a plank with a sagging stomach, not even feel it in your abs. Or you can roll your hips under and it's almost like your body shrinks like an inch. And it's all abs. You want to do this same thing on the ball. Get up there in a plank. Roll your hips underneath you, almost as if you're tucking your pelvis to your belly button. Now you've got it completely activated. You're working your abs rather than sagging in, making your lats turn on, making your back take more compression than it needs. And then you're going to do a little clockwise direction for 30 seconds and then go the other way for 30 seconds and uh, smell you later. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to remember that I have a goal here. I want to do it the right way so that I maximize the benefits. And right. Well, if you do that stability ball exercise, I'll tell you, 50-50. First person ever get on there, like, ah, it's not that bad. Yeah, that's because you did it wrong. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it's because you did it wrong. Yeah, let me show you here. Tuck your hips, and you'll see that 30 one way, 30 the other way. You, you may not even be able to do it. You may have to cut that down to 20 seconds, 15 seconds each way. But I'd imagine if you're pushing yourself and you're in good shape, uh, that'll challenge you. Planks will be next. Two sets, one minute. Uh, again, when you're loading your planks, roll your hips underneath you first. You should never be doing a plank with your hips kind of rocked back and sagging in your spine. That's not the goal. That wraps it up for abs. Friday buys and tries. Everybody's fun day. Had to put them in there. Well, you got to look good, man. I mean, we're just trying to put on a little muscle. We're not you in season. Yeah, I got your guys back. I get it. I get it. Palm up push downs. You're going to be doing some triceps here. Push down is a great exercise. You're basically going to, you can use ropes. You could use a bar. Um, palm up push downs. Basically, you're going to be turning it over. So uh, let's see. You'll have 
you grab your ropes and you can kind of swing them out like this, swing them out like this, right? Um, that can be rope push downs. You can use a, a couple different ways, but if I was going to be doing a palm up push down, that's going to have to use a bar, right? So you're going to be utilizing some kind of a bar. Dumbbell overhead extension. Just as it says, find you a dumbbell. You can do those corner styles where you're going across your body rather than doing straight. Either way, just make sure that you don't have your elbow way past your head. You kind of want to keep that elbow slightly in front of your ear. Narrow push-ups, just as it sounds, four sets to max. Straight bar curls. If you can use the 45-pound bar, it makes it pretty easy. The Olympic bars, five sets of 12. Uh, if you can't, you can always use an easy bar. Um, but straight bar is what we're going for here. And then dumbbell heavy singles. Walk over the dumbbell rack. You're going to be doing heavy dumbbell curls uh, the best you can. Load on the weight. Five sets, ten reps. Five okay, sets, man. ten You're reps. Closing out the week. Close it up pretty strong. Now, this would be basically, uh, I know that was wordy. I hope you stuck around for that. But uh, <laughs> I think you you now see the whole exercise. I'll put a link in there um, in this video to where you, you can actually access the reps and sets and everything. Um, or I might even just list them in the description. But if you utilize this program and you're in high school um, and you're looking to try to have a little bit of direction, maybe you don't have a strength coach Maybe there, there's no access to that information. This is probably eight weeks would be a great fit for you. This program is is definitely going to be top notch. And keep in mind that we're here for questions. You know, yeah, if you absolutely. Make a comment below up. the YouTube videos. You got any questions about these specific exercises or what you should be doing? You know, I can, I can definitely help you. No doubt about that. And the final statement of the show, I mean, we got a little wordy there. We went through, we did the whole workout program. You've got your speed and agility recommendations. And now it's just like a little bit of a PSA, okay? <laughs> Do you work out with your kid or are you coachable? I think it's a topic that um, if you're a kid, you need to hear. I think if you're a parent, you should also be willing to listen, right? I think that if you are not working out with your kid, you know, two or three times a month, or at least having a, a very in-depth discussion with them about their training protocol, what they're doing, exercises that are tough for them, reps that they're struggling with, max outs at schools. I think all of these things are very important to have an open dialogue so that you can help them along the way. Just because your kid's getting a bad shoulder because they don't know how to bench press right, you can intervene. And the same goes for a parent or a kid. You know, if you've got some problem areas, utilize your parents or utilize YouTube. I mean, I'll be your dad. I mean, get on there and get on, get all the tips and the training advice that you can. You got to be coachable. You have to evolve and change as best you can to get to the next level. And I think a lot of parents don't spend enough time kind of working out with their kids. But when you're working out with someone, I've worked out, trained hundreds and hundreds of people. When you sit there face to face for an hour over and over and over, you talk about life. You're like their psychiatrist. You're, you're, you're everything to that person. So I would challenge parents to get in there and try to work out with their kids at least once a week. And it doesn't mean that you have to be doing these weight training protocols per se exactly with them. But I would highly recommend that parents become more involved in like a rehabilitation workout with them. If you get into a stretch routine or Job stretching, so let's, let's be specific. Shoulders always get bad. Everyone, grownups and children, need to be working their shoulders. They need to be working rotator cuffs to make sure that when they're reaching for stuff over their head, their shoulder doesn't hurt. Just as a kid needs a good shoulder to make sure that when they're doing these high ballistic movements on the football field, on the basketball court, that they're not going to be injured. So my recommendation, I've said it before, should be that you should be working out once or twice a month, maybe even once a week with your kid going through a flexibility style workout where you're getting to chit chat and have an open dialogue about those types of things, move through shoulder rehab and get in some core training. Everybody would benefit from that, but standing in front of your kid for that hour window during this workout can be a very powerful connection time with a young athlete. I think you're going to be able to engage with them. You know, it's human nature for your kid to go, yeah, but can you do this? Or why are you telling me to do it? If you do it with them, you just there's a better connection there. 
Well, you, you get to see a little bit of movements too. If you spend any time listening to my videos, I'm always talking about form and specific things that can make you better. So if you're actually watching them go through the motions and you, you in that day, you start noticing they got some aches and pains. Wouldn't you like to know if you're a parent? Absolutely. I'd want to know. And if I was a kid and I found some areas at which I'm there and I've got this little kink in my shoulder, I'm going to have a chance then to address some form issues. You know, I always get it when I get like right about halfway on the bench press. We'll take a look at it. Are they got their elbows up super high? Do they have too much weight on the bar? Is this the exercises that you're doing at school? How often are you doing them? Are you always doing them with your elbows up that high? Oh, only when it's really heavy? Well, uh, you know what I mean? There's a dialogue that can kind of help these kids really progress. But all in all, I mean, I just wanted to kind of say that if you've set up this summer conditioning program, younger kids are doing their body weight calisthenic recommendations, right? Your older kids, we walk through an entire weight training regimen. Everybody has access to the speed and agility program that I put together. They can utilize that at any time. Now let's, you know, close the door with, hey, you know, parents and kids, let's work together at least once, maybe four times a month, going through some flexibility, rehabilitation style exercises, get out there, do some abs with them, have an open dialogue and try to help everybody get to the next level. Absolutely. I think I think it'll be fun. Now, you may have just made a few enemies and a few friends. We'll find out how that comes out. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. I appreciate you listening to the show today. If you got any questions about a summer training program, please refer to this video a whole bunch of times. I'll try to stuff some links in the description so you'll know uh, a little bit more of where you can find the list uh, of the exercises, as well as I'll give you a link to the full download on that speed and agility program that you can use too.